It's one of those humid, blue sky Arkansas mornings. July. And I am in a moving van truck with a U-Haul truck that had been modified. One cab, so two seats. And the stench was so bad inside of that cab, I had to stick my head out the window to drive. Good morning. (laughs) Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To close your eyes, if you trust me this morning and trust the people around you, that if you don't trust them, just grab your purse real tight, hold it close, okay? But if you won't mind shutting your eyes just for a moment, it may be your first Sunday here, uh, as far as in this series. This is our third week of it. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I'm not going to try to recap all of it every week, obviously, but I just want, just for a moment, that if you take this first part of the Lord's Prayer and just kind of rest in it just for a moment, and listen to the words I'm going to say along with the first part of this, and just see. Sometimes the reason I say close your eyes, it doesn't always help, but sometimes it does in listening and meditating and distraction. So let me read this. Our. When Jesus said, our Father, he was inviting the disciples and his followers since to join him in prayer. Father implies this intimacy and love of a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. It should encourage us to draw near to him and expect unconditional love, compassion, safety, hope, knowing that it's rooted and established in love. Heaven, to know his majesty and to be in awe of who he is. To realize his nearness is as close as your next breath. He's right there. But his enormity, where he is not contained by a small world, but truly sovereign over all creation. He invites us in. Hallowed. We're not rushing into the presence of God to demand anything. We come into his presence recognizing who he is. And we are placing him on the throne of our heart. We desire that our lives to reveal to others in the name of Jesus the character of God. In your name. To know the names of God, that they talk about his character, 
And they reveal most of all maybe his desire to have a relationship with us. You can look up on the screen. We are saying when we invite him in, and as I've said over the last few weeks, most often this prayer is prayed without giving any consideration of what we're saying. We just say it. And Scripture doesn't tell us to say it over and over necessarily. It's not like communion. When you do it, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Jesus doesn't even really say you have to pray this prayer. However, he was asked, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is what he said. But one of the things when we say, hallowed be thy name, and it's something I've written down. Father, your reputation, your name is at stake in me today. May I live in such a way as to be a credit to who you are. May those I cross paths with today see your character through my actions and honor your name because of what they see of you in me. This last week, many of you know it went viral, but it was also pretty awesome to watch. You know, the Phoenix Suns, if you're watching the the series and you're seeing uh, the Suns now 2-0, of course, and of course things can change, but one of the things, most powerful things I have seen, and many of you saw it too, was when Monty Williams grabbed, basically said to DeAndre Ayton, but what he said was, look at me. When you say, look at me, that's more than just words. That means investment. That means I poured into your life. That means I believe in you. When I say, look at me, I better be able to back it up. If we want the world to look at us and to say back to them, look at me. We're better than this. Look at me. You're better than this. Look at me. You were created for more. Look at me. Let's go with force. Look at me. It's not always going to be good. Look at me. Look at me. Powerful words. Acts 3. And I'm getting off track. But Acts 3. Peter and John walking. And the crippled man at the gate. And he asked for alms. And what did Paul say? I mean, what did Peter say? Silver and gold I do not have. But in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. But what did he say before that? Look at me. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It should not surprise us that Jesus uses the word kingdom in this prayer because Jesus talked about the kingdom a lot, didn't he? A whole lot. Repent. His first sermon. Repent for the kingdom of God is where? At hand. Not someday. Not when you get to heaven. The kingdom of God is at hand. And what I love about that if you, if you understand what Jesus is saying there, sometimes you would say, well, why does he have to say repent on that? Because that just feels heavy. 
You got to understand why Jesus said repent. To turn. He wasn't, the word repent there is not condemnation, condemnation, condemnation. The word repent there is pathway to freedom, pathway to freedom, pathway to freedom. You hear it different then, don't you? Pathway to the kingdom of God is first repentance. One of the biggest things he was saying was the kingdom of God is here and now and it is available to you. The Sermon on the Mount is all about the kingdom of God being available. Go read it. Jesus, when he talks to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he says, you cannot even see the kingdom, though, unless what? You're born again. You have to have a radical restart. We see the evidence because Paul talks about if we're in Christ, we are a new creation. Look around you when you see people recreated to be made new, to be taken back literally to what they were designed to be in the image of God. You begin to go, wow, okay, this has unbelievable, staggering implications as if this is true. If it's not true, we're wasting a lot of time here. If it's just a transaction with God, hey, I want to give my life to Christ somehow or another so I can get to heaven. If it's just that transaction, then I don't even know, like I told you years ago when I prayed that prayer, uh, when I sat out on my deck in my little house there in Hooks, Texas, after about two years of being a Christian, I just said, God, if this is all there is, I've made the transaction, if you will, then I'm just going to start taking most of my Sundays back and my 10% because I've already got my ticket punched. But if there's more, I want more. The transformation of the gospel. The transformative power, not the transactional power. Yes, yes, that, that happens. The transformative power of the gospel. Of the spirit coming into us and making us a new creation. Not perfect, mind you, but different. What was acceptable is no longer acceptable, even though I may stumble and I may fall and I may go, and, but, but I get back up again because I know there's hope and I know there's transformation that can happen in my life even in the mistakes. I can get back up. It's a gift. One thing I am confident of, the Holy Spirit may hound you. Can anybody say amen to that? <laughs> but he will not force himself and command himself to be accepted and to do his will as being reminded of the words that Jesus has said. He won't command it. There will be times we feel like it's just like, man, okay, give up. I, I want you to loosen up on me. I, I'd rather not hear this over and over in my spirit. I know what's right. I get it. 
Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. Can you pray that prayer with a clear conscience and a desire to do it? You've heard me say often here, I don't have it up there, but true freedom is the ability to know what you should do. The desire to want to do it. And the faith and power to live it out. The ability to know what you should do. The desire to want to do it comes from the Spirit drawing us. And continues on with the power and the faith to live it out. True freedom. I mean, Jesus says to the disciples, and it's over in Matthew and Mark, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. I don't know what your job is. I don't know where you live, everybody. I know some of your jobs. I don't know where some of you live. I don't know all that. I don't know where where your paths take you each day. But what if you just knew you, if people around you are looking for the secret to the kingdom and you hold it? And you're not telling anybody. You, you do what now? I, I have the secret to the kingdom? What if you got up every day and go, man, I'm, I, I know I'm not supposed to gossip. I'm not, I know I'm supposed to keep confidentiality on secrets and stuff, but I think this secret I'm supposed to tell people. <laughs> this secret's not supposed to be held just to me. To those who know Christ, and we talked about in the last series, keeping in step with the Spirit. Slow steps, small steps, long steps, staying in step with. Like I I told you guys, you you know, I'm asked often when there are people hiking with me, especially, why do you walk so fast? Why do you walk? I walk fast everywhere, but why do you walk so fast? And I said, and I tell people, I said, it's because my dad walked fast. And the only way I could keep up with him from a little kid on was to stay in step with him. So when I begin to think about my relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit working in me, the Scripture says to me, stay in step with. So when we're operating in step with the Spirit, we have the secret to the kingdom. The world around you begins to look different. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Just don't ask me to do anything. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Just leave me out of it. Because I've done the transactional part. I'm already going to heaven. I don't have to worry about that part. I'm going to quote a few things from Dallas Willard here. And those of you who know who Dallas Willard is, you'll understand why I quote him often. Uh, but I'm going to quote quite a few things from him today. Uh, I mean, they're brief, but... But this is out of his book, The Divine Conspiracy. But here's a few things. He said, but it's nevertheless true that we are made to have dominion within an appropriate domain of reality. This is the core of the likeness or image of God in us. And it is the basis of the destiny for which you were formed. Let that soak in just a second. Why were you even made in the first place? Do we get so busy we never ask that question? 
We are, all of us, never ceasing spiritual beings, never ceasing, eternal, with a unique eternal calling to count for good in God's great universe. If you got up every day believing I am to count for good and what's going on in the world today, and God has given me a mission, a mission of reconciliation, an ambassador, Scripture says. If that is my mission, how would you get up every day just a little bit different? Our electricity went out last night at 10.30, right as we were going to sleep. I woke up at 2.15. It was not on yet. Not a happy camper, okay, or a happy sleeper or whatever. But I was just reminded how spoiled we are. How spoiled we are that it's 81 in my house and I can't sleep. But I was just reminded standing there and I watching those million voices, if you were watching that going, they don't even know what air conditioning is. Are you kidding me? I mean, they've heard of it. They just don't have it. He goes on to say, our kingdom is simply the range of our effective will. Now listen to this. Whatever we genuinely have the say over is our kingdom. And our having the say over something or is precisely what places it within our kingdom. In creating human beings, God made them to rule, reign, to have dominion in a limited sphere. We are made to rule with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in step. Word continues. The kingdom of God is God reigning. It is present wherever what God wants done is done. It is the range of God's effective will. God's reign is all around you, and it is from everlasting to everlasting, and is the natural home of the soul. Lord, my soul comes alive when I'm living into the kingdom. My soul comes alive when I know I'm in step with the Spirit. My soul comes alive even though it may be all hell breaking loose around me. My soul comes alive because I know that I'm walking in step with you because your kingdom is coming to earth. And for whatever crazy reason, you've chosen to use us as part of that answer. Yeah, two something this morning when I woke up, I was not thinking your kingdom come, your will be done. Just want you to know. The kingdom of me and you, say it again, the kingdom of me and you. Do we pray more prayers, my kingdom come, my will be done? My kingdom come. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My kingdom come, my will be done on earth. I'm not sure what's going on in heaven. You, you probably don't want my will done there, but here. <laughs> what's, what's in your sphere of influence? Your calendar each week? Your pocketbook? I noticed Allie didn't mention giving a while ago, so just mention that. But really, 
what do you have say-so over? Because whatever you have say-so over, that's inside your kingdom or queendom, however you want to quote it. I don't care. But you have say-so over it. And the whole thing about this whole thing is, is getting your kingdom or queendom inside of his kingdom. Hmm. I would say, if we were all gut level honest, the cause of most of our unrest and anxiety, not all of it, I realize there's chemical, I, I, and we've talked about it here before, so you, I'm doing my disclaimer, you know I know that. But so much of it, of our unrest and frustration and dysfunction and unhappiness and sense of powerlessness, especially in Christians, can be traced back to we want to follow our own will. We have an opportunity to bring his kingdom into our kingdom. And I think it may be Diller, but, uh, Dallas Willard, excuse me, but I don't know where I got this, but the kingdom is always about things that matter. You know, one of the things we could do to figure out what's inside of God's kingdom is take a look at everything we're involved in and figure out what doesn't really matter. I think the biggest exhaustion in most people's lives and why they're exhausted and why they're distracted is because we're involved in so many things that don't matter, including this pastor. I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm with you. I know it matters whether the sons win or not, but in some ways it doesn't matter unless the kingdom is there. Did you know the kingdom of God can be at Suns Arena? You betcha. But at the end of the day, there'll probably be another champion next year. Could be the Suns. Meaningful life causes you to get up. And you don't carry it as a burden. Yes, it'll wear you out. I love what Brother Paul used to say. I hear his saying was, God's blessings are great, but they'll work you to death. Well, I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. God, when he gives you the things to do, man, he'll give you. He, but but, but, but he, he'll be with you. And there's sometimes there's a good tired, and there's a tired you just go, man, I, I, don't, I can't do this anymore because I'm frustrated and all kinds of reasons why. But when we're doing kingdom things, things that matter, it does track a little bit different in your soul. Matter of fact, a whole lot different. But God's kingdom is not just his activity in the world, but it is also his activity through you in the world. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, matter of fact, I would say this. Your will be done. Isn't it kind of crazy to think that you would actually pray this prayer out loud? And some of you have done it, like I said, on, on the battlefield to the ball field to in church, you've prayed this prayer so many times in public settings uh, or with groups, and you're saying your will be done. It doesn't sound crazy to pray that and not be willing to do it. Your will be done, but I'm not doing it. Your will be done. Well, you're the answer to that. Well, no, I, I don't mean that. I, it just seems silly to pray this prayer and say your will be done without hoping that his will is done.
big problem for most of us. Is we most likely know most of the time what God's will is. That's the big problem. We still want to do it. You're not asking God to change his will when we pray. Or bless your will. You're asking to help you find and do his will in your life. That stinks, huh? But for so many of us, we've prayed, my will be done. It hasn't worked out very well, has it? We'd never pray it out loud. We would just maybe not pray at all. Now, the Dallas Willard quote that I've said weekly, and the reason I do it weekly is because I think it's uh, just a good reminder. Prayer is a matter of explicitly sharing with God my concerns about what he too is concerned about in my life. And of course, he is concerned about my concerns, and in particular, that my concerns should coincide with his. This is our walk together. Out of it, I pray. No question, God is sovereign. And in a sense, God's will is going to be done. (laughs) Okay? I ain't messing around with that. But there is a sense, too, in which God truly desires for us to do something to help his will be realized on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is the announcement that God is here. That anyone who wants to find him can find him. I've heard people say to me before, I've heard it said before, and I've heard people, I've had people say it to me before. Well, the reason, especially when I worked at IU Max, a different place. Well, you've got that religion thing because you want to escape reality. Oh, is that right? So now that I live in the kingdom the way that I should, I have compassion and mercy like I didn't have before. I feel the hurt of people I would never have felt the hurt of before. I carry the weight that I never would have carried before. Oh, no, 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 no. Coming to know Christ as my Savior and beginning to live in the kingdom, not only did I not escape reality, I began to see reality because it doesn't make sense unless that is the reality. You can say all day long as your deflection, you know, you do that because you want to escape. That's your crutch. That's your, okay. But I'm telling you right now, you step into the kingdom, you start following him, you start praying, you start carrying the burdens, then come and tell me that it's an escape from reality. As a matter of fact, you start carrying things you would have never carried before. Start caring for people you would have never cared for before. You start seeing God at work in places or something at work because the kingdom of God is here. Now. Oh, no, there ain't no escape. You just cannonballed into the middle of it. <laughs> or head first dove, or whatever you want to call it. To the reality. 
that's been going on around you, this divine drama that's been going on all along. And now you just realize it. Oh, my crutches were alcohol. Well, I can go down my crutches to escape reality. I can do that. What is the kingdom of God like? It's like a mustard seed. Just a little bitty thing. I don't have much to bring. It was just like a mustard seed. Bring that. Bring a little bit of hope. Oh, it's like a treasure found in the field. I stumbled on it. You mean it's just like I, I didn't know I was looking for it, and all of a sudden I found it? Well, yeah, that's how the kingdom works sometimes, right? You don't know it. On that July morning way back many years ago in Arkansas, and it was such a stench. Let me give you a little backdrop of that day. I had, had I, Brother Paul, those who know Brother Paul, or the, the church we go to, Friendly Chapel, Church of the Nazarene there in North Little Rock, he had given me a gentleman, uh, given us a gentleman to go work off some community service. I think the gentleman may have had a pretty serious drinking problem, but okay, that, I mean, we, we were fine with it. He was working. He really wasn't working that much, honestly. He wasn't, but he was trying to get his hours in, and, and we were remodeling a bathroom in this house, and he come he come up to the bathroom. He had these coveralls on. He come up to the bathroom, and uh, he knocked on the door, and somebody was in the bathroom. And he, he, I, I, I said, well, somebody's in there right now. He, just give us just a minute. And as soon as he comes out, I'll let you know. Well, then I, I let him know, and he goes, I said, so you can go in the bathroom now. He goes, oh, it's too late. What do you mean it's too late? <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, he had messed diarrhea all down his coveralls, all across the back, literally on the floor. I know that's more of the information you need. And he asked me, can you take me to go get changed? Like, how do you do that? You put him in a cab, you stick your head out the window. <laughs> he slid in, not trying to be funny. Took him to a house where there was just all men on this one of those old little rock homes where there's porch all the way around. And at 10 o'clock in the morning, these men were already out there drinking all around this thing. And of course, they made fun of him. They laughed at him. And I'm thinking, how? And I've got, I got, I don't know, at that time, sometimes we took as many as 90 kids to Arkansas. I don't know how many we had at that point, but I'm thinking, man, I got all these kids to be responsible for these adults, and I've got this guy at this house. How did I end up here? Took him back. He went back to work. He changed coveralls. He went back, and I'm cleaning this thing. He wasn't going to clean it. I'm cleaning the truck out. And the Lord reminded me, is I'm doing it and griping. When you've done it to one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. Your kingdom come. Sometimes you just stumble on it. You're not looking for it. You're not out there trying to do anything spectacular. You may have thought it was over here and it's over here. It's like a mustard seed. You know what the kingdom of God is? Oh, it's in the Biltmore States. It's at Camelview Elementary. Or is it 36 and Thomas? A lot of men looking for work. It's at the VA hospital. It's the Phoenix Children's Hospital. 
Oh, it's downtown at Phoenix Suns Arena for sure. We know that, right? We're winning. Oh, it's at the U of A, ASU, GCU, all down there. It's the kingdom of God. Oh, yeah, but oh, by the way, it's also at 11th Avenue in Madison where the least of these, the homeless and the sex offenders get dropped off in the state of Arizona if they don't have another address. They get dropped off right there. Is it available to them? Is it at 11th Avenue in Madison? Is it? I don't know. I know it's over there. I know it's at Suns Arena, but is it there? Is it in the elections? Is it, is it in the news? Is it in those newscasters? Is, is it there? Can it be there? Can it be Republican, Democrat, independent, straight, gay? Can it be there? Is it available to there? Is it? You have the secret. Keys to walk in step with the Spirit. To get up each day and go, I have the keys of the kingdom. I have the secret. And you begin to look at that day differently. And it drags you out of bed in the sense of, I gotta go! Instead of, ah, no! I get today, this day, to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know where it starts? Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your true and proper worship or other translations. It's reasonable worship. That's the least you can do. To no longer conform to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Morpho, to be changed. Once this creature, now you're a new creation. Once you were this, now you're created back to what you were designed to be in the first place. Then you will know God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then is the key word there, right? Then you will, then you will be able to Test and approve. Test means knowledge. Approve means embrace. You get up every day embracing what God is showing you. Wherever it takes you. And yes, I know what it's like to be at 3 o'clock in the morning. Hugging your spouse crying when she's been told she has breast cancer. I know what that's like. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Also know what it's like to be in unbelievable worship settings and go, man, does it get any better than this? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I don't know. This week you may just plant a mustard seed. It grows to a mighty tree. This week, it may be like a treasure that you stumble on in a field. I don't know. But what I am convinced of is God wants to use you 
us broken, dysfunctional, complicated, frustrating, no doubt, people to bring his kingdom to earth. That's good news. That's good news. Moving to time of communion. Ask Joe Sidenham to come on back down and as you get your elements out. I do miss, I'll be honest with you. And I don't know, someday maybe we can do it again. It's just not right now. Is us coming down front in community and family and doing communion. But we're not doing that right now. And, and, and obviously, pretty obvious why, I think. As we take a moment, Back to closing your eyes if you want to. But as Jesus had told his disciples, as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of him. I mean, I think that'd be a good way to start every day, huh? I do today because of what he's done for me. I've tried it on my own. I've prayed my kingdom come, my will be done. And it has not turned out well. (sighs) Paul writes... 1 Corinthians 11, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. This is in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes but before we partake of the juice let's pray the Lord's prayer our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. If you're comfortable, take now the juice representing Christ's blood that was shed for you. I know I did this backwards, so forgive me. Taking the bread. Eating of it now to your soul's comfort.
hope you'll take the challenge. We're going to close. I'm going to pray for us and we're going to close in song. Then maybe pray in this prayer daily this week if you can. I know it's got a lot going on. (laughs) It's not very long. But maybe just slowing down for a moment and just saying, Our Father, and resting in that. Even if you didn't have a father that you had a great experience with, you probably know what you wished you would have had. To remember the awness of who God is in the heavens. And the holiness of the set-apartness, if you will, of who He is. And that we come in with reverence and awe of the enormity of who He is. But the holiness of who He is. And by going through experiences, we know Him in a different way each time by name. It describes Him in a new way. to maybe say this day Lord your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Lord thank you for this time thank you for your folks being here on this day we love you and Lord we just pray that as we go about our day that our actions that our countenance is a reflection of your character to the world around us. And Lord, if we ever have to say to someone out loud, look at us, what we mean is, look at what you've done. We love you. Thank you for this opportunity today to be together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Josiah, you guys lead us out of here.